Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 482, from August 4th, 1997, a Monday night show, with guest Naked, and this is another one of these Partials episodes, so coming up next after this is going to be episode 522, you'll hear an intro for that later. Episode 482 is a Monday night show, Naked, promoting their one and seemingly only album. This episode starts in the middle of the show, uh, this episode, just like the next, starts halfway into the show. This tape is provided by an anonymous fan who uh, listens to the show and wanted us to have this. This episode actually comes from those lost six episodes between Rick Ocasek and the No Guest episode on August 10th that aired in the feed. So the Naked episode is August 4th, 1997. In this episode, it's revealed that Bobcat Goldthwaite is on August 5th. Now, we do seem to have a partial of Bobcat from 97 that was undated. So if we can edit that file, find the right chunks, and put it together in the right order, we may be able to actually release episode 483 in the feed as well. Not sure on that one yet. The second half of the band join Adam and Drew for this episode. The first half, presumably for the first hour, which we have not heard. There are two songs that are actually played during the second hour, so they must really like the guys, or somehow they didn't get to play any songs during the first hour. It could be another three-song show. The band and Adam and Drew have a lot of fun with a certain type of color towards the end of the show, and tracking down and dating this episode was actually quite hard. After discovering an old cloned GeoCities blog, I was able to determine that the Troubadour show that Adam promotes, Naked Playing Tomorrow Night, happened on August 5th. Therefore, this episode was recorded on August 4th, and therefore the Bobcat Goldthwait guest appearance is August 5th. So we now have a little bit more information regarding that lost week of shows, but we're still missing four of them, and this one's not in full. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathwood on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. And if you'd like to check out and support more of my work, please see Patreon.com slash Giovanni. Mahalo, and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. They sell wide shoot. Yeah. All right, more Loveline. Still with the band Naked, just with the uh, better-looking half. Damon and Jeremy are in here. Oh, finally. I know it's been a little wait. We don't really have... Here's the thing. When, whenever there's a band with uh, four or five guys on it, and if you listen to Loveline, you know we do it in sort of shifts for a couple of reasons. A, when you have uh, six or eight guys in here all talking at once, it just sounds like a, a Dockers commercial gone bad. And B, Westwood 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are under the mistaken uh, impression it's called Westwood 1. I've heard of this mythical Westwood One, but I cannot believe we're in a place with the with the letter one next to it. Unless it's like maybe they call it they call it Westwood One like it's kind of a joke. Like, you know, like a really fat guy you'd call Slim or Stretch. <laughs> maybe they're doing maybe they're doing that. Or a guy who couldn't uh, who never pitched a strike you'd call him Ace. Maybe that's why this is called Westwood One. Facetious. Yeah. Oh, I see. In that case, it's good. they got a real good sense of humor about themselves over here. It is Westwood One, home of the world's tallest mic stands and lowest chairs. But I don't think they have enough mic stands, enough mics, or enough chairs to accommodate a full four-posse band. Is is four-member band. No. I would say not. No. What are they doing with their money? Is it it go right into heroin? Is there somebody... It's your salary. Somebody just buying drugs here? What do they do with the profits? Poor Engineer Mike, he doesn't have a dad player over there. Hey, Engineer Mike, do you have that thing? Remember, 
Remember I told you to uh, pull some of those Drew drops the other week? Do you have that equipment that's necessary? Our cart recorder is burned up. Oh, okay. And we don't have a replacement yet. And that was a month and a half ago? At least. Okay. Don't you have the doot-doot-doo-doos at least? <laughs> those are on the computer. Yeah. And, oh. and what happened? One of the chipmunks died inside of it, and they're giving it a decent burial? Oh, it, it's the most antiquated... I. I, sw- All right. I think we're waiting for another radio station to go out of business so we can get their old equipment. <laughs> yeah, perhaps if there's some uh, AM station, like in Baker, that'll go under, we can buy some of that stuff. So uh, mostly just to scavenge the good radio tubes. A lot of that stuff, there's some good tubes inside of some of that equipment, Drew. We can use it here at Westwood One. All right, we're all getting fired. Drew, you're getting fired, too, for nodding your head when I go on my tirades. Don't make me, don't me, uh, make me play the heavy. All right, guys, ready to get started with the show? We're ready. All sure. right. Done bashing the employer. Have you introduced the band yet? Yeah, I did. Okay. Right. That's a Damon and Jeremy are right, here. Right, right, right. Okay. We're still in naked. <laughs> Thank you. We're still here. C- Christy. Hi. Hey, you're 24. Um, my question is for Dr. Drew. Yes, ma'am. Um, last... I'm going to bet that it is. <laughs> 34, never been in a relationship. I'm going with trauma. Well, see, my whole family, um, we... It's scary. It's painful. Drew, don't look at your pager while the band's talking to you, please. Gentlemen. These guys are up-and-comers. Now, Naked is uh, not only the name of the band, but it's uh, the name of the CD. And this is the first CD, right? Yeah, it's our first and our only. And it's done, well, I don't want to say surprisingly well, because that sounds condescending, but are you guys surprised at how well it's done? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it starts in your living room. You have this idea in your head of what a song should be, and then suddenly, you know, your CD's out, and kids all over the place buy it so it's wild and you know it's it's weird drew you weren't in here and i'm trying to think and listen up because uh, we had who do we have in here last week we had oh, oh yeah i know i know what it is motley right crew? okay we had Mon- we had motley crew in here but geez was i don't think it was motley crew i was talking about who do we have after rick ocasek do we dolls. have anybody ah the goo goo dolls thank you okay that's enough we we had uh, we had Rick Ocasek in here from the Cars last week, and I was talking to him about you know the Cars first CD was uh, or first album was was huge, and then the second one huge, and then we had the Goo Goo Dolls in here the uh, second second night, and their first two or three CDs no one ever heard of, and then their you know fourth one was huge, and so it's kind of weird how it works with different bands, and it's not necessarily this band's better than that band. But some bands, you know, they put out four or five CDs and no one's ever even heard of them. They think the first CD they put out was the first one everyone heard, but that was, in reality, their fifth CD. Right. So you guys are lucky that uh, your first one's doing well. <laughs> yeah, we're very thankful, you know. Uh, but there's something to be said for having that curve, too. A lot of the great bands, you know, weren't judged the way a lot of bands are today, that they're forced in the limelight early. Um, fortunately, we've been in bands for a long time. This isn't—we're not like 18 or you know Hanson or something. We're a little—you know—we've done this. So for us, it feels natural. And is this the first? This isn't the first band everyone's been in, then. Oh no. No, we've been playing music all our lives. You know, we're all in our mid twenties now, so that's oh. ten years of clubbing. Well, dude, uh, call the uh, <laughs> call the people from the Neptune Society, Drew. These guys got one foot in the one foot in the urn, I should say, not in the grave. Rock Peter, and roll years are like dog years. You know? <laughs> it's true. People on, uh, it'll be like eight months later, and it'll look like uh, it's been thirty-two years. Right. It's, it's like when uh, Chuck Heston goes to outer space and comes back on some different planet. Like, oh man, <laughs> a little Planet of the Apes reference Chuck there, Drew. <laughs> All right, so uh, Peter, use from Iceland. Oh yes, and we have a lot of stupid listeners. That's why our ratings are high. The uh, a lot of folks uh, mistake Greenland and Iceland, 
and I know you get this all the time, but uh, Drew, you'll back me up here. Iceland is actually quite nice, and Greenland is quite miserable, right? Yeah, that will probably offend the Greenland people, but yeah, it's very cold and and uh, icy in Greenland. Right. And actually, uh, Iceland is very green. It's, in some places, it kind of looks like Wales. Iceland sounds like a place I'd never want to move from. Uh, you couldn't get the band to join you out there? Uh, no, I couldn't, but I'd definitely get them to play there. At least. Oh, yeah, we're psyched to do that. And the, the seafood, of course, is excellent. Yeah, you'd be playing uh, Peter's Garage back in, <laughs> back in Iceland. We're in Reykjavik. <laughs> uh, Drew, what? Reykjavik? Is that a place in Iceland? That's where I was born. Uh, do you see, Drew? Well, no, wait a minute. Do you see what a famous educational do? Uh, 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 why why are you out uh, here, Peter? We're Reagan and... Uh, um, all right, hold on. Engineer Mike, shut through his mic. Gorbachev had a very famous Mike. meeting. Shut through his mic off, would you Dr. please? Thanks. Right. Thank you. Peter, uh, what are you doing out here? I mean, uh, did you come out to get in a band, or did you go to school out here, like a foreign exchange or something? I came out here to go to school at this uh, jazz-oriented school called Grove School of Music. It went mm -hmm. bankrupt, but it was a great school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I came out of it, so there we have it. <laughs> and you'd heard about this place in Iceland? Uh, yeah. And there's no good jazz schools in Iceland? Uh, there's a very small one, but I wanted to see the world. And, uh, I, well, and what about luck. the uh, laundry list of jazz greats that have come out of Iceland? Like, um, Waters and... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's their... No, nobody played jazz in Iceland. All right, you had to come out here. Were your parents really pissed off? Because you seem like a bright guy. Yeah, I've been doing this for so long. I pissed them off till I was about... 16, 17, until they realized... They was, gave up. Yeah, they gave up. Because they, they wanted you to be a doctor or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, or an architect. Yeah, because it seems... You, I'm, I'm sizing you up, and it seems like your folks are pretty solid, probably uh, white-collar types, probably have an education. They yeah. didn't want you to run off to uh, Sin City to start a band. Well, kind of. They live on a boat. Oh, really? Oh, Adam. In Barcelona. Missed. Oh, Wow. What do they do? Just uh, sell drugs and have sex? Swing and a miss. Yeah, <laughs> trying to figure out what they're doing next. Yeah. I'm, ho I'm hoping it's a houseboat, it's not like a ski boat. Because <laughs> you're not doing well when you're living on a ski boat. It's a small houseboat. Wow. And uh, in Barcelona? Uh-huh. When did they move out of Iceland to Barcelona? Uh, it's a long story. We, uh, we they didn't drive in... the boat all the way from Iceland to Barcelona, did they? Uh, no, they didn't. They just the Mediterranean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drew throwing in his weird Icelandic references every five minutes here. <laughs> All right, so you have kind of hippie parents. They're not the white-collar smart types that I yeah, thought they were. Yeah, definitely a little hippie. Yeah. All right, but they're enjoying the hell out of their life, I'm sure. Yes, oh, you're living on that. That's what your, what your parents did. You're, you're, yeah, my folks. Yeah, they, uh, they lived on a sewage barge in North Hollywood. That's where my By the way, we're going to be publishing pictures of Adam's room. In fact, maybe we could put like a state landmark on it. <laughs> oh. I, I grew up. I told I told Drew earlier this morning we need to get some pictures of the room I grew up in. It is is um, um, uh, the the roaches that lived in that room are suing my mother now because they're having spinal difficulties, osteoporosis. From uh, you couldn't even turn around in the place. I mean, it was like uh, four feet wide and about six feet long. It was really. I used to watch like when I was like eleven. I'd see that show Scared Straight. Remember that documentary where they send everyone to prison? I was like, hey, that's not bad. Go out and commit a crime. All right. Uh, let's hear something off of uh, Naked. Now I'm running late. The CD is called Naked, the band is called Naked, and the song is called Man's Chinese. That 
would be man's Chinese off of uh, Naked by Naked. And there's some interesting stories surrounding that song and Hollywood in general. And we will get to that with the band. Drew will uh, sit there and see if he can come up with more uh, Life Erickson references all after this. The voices are trying to throw me off. Well, I'm going to tell you what score big is. Okay, that's what I needed to know. That's first. what you need to know. First place you go, save a bunch of money on uh, tickets and uh, so events. You want to take your wife and daughters out to some concert or sporting event, uh, even stuff that's sold out. You go to score big. They work directly with the teams. They work with the concert promoters, the venues. They get the unsold seats. They pass the savings on to you on average. 40% off of the ticket, usually about uh, 80 bucks off the uh, box office price. So uh, musicals, sporting events, hockey, basketball, whatever, U2, whenever they're in it. I saw town. them last week. Saw them last week. Should have went to scorebig.com, save some money, use a red microphone, top right-hand corner, enter Adam, get 20 bucks off your first purchase at scorebig.com. On the Buzz 100.7 FM. Hi, everybody. This is Art from Everclear, and you're listening to Love Lion with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Where is Art from Everclear? I was thinking that. We had to see those guys again. Uh, and go find us, Art from Everclear. We miss him. All right. Uh, Jonathan and Peter are here from Naked, and we have many things to talk about. We shouldn't shouldn't take calls today, because <laughs> we have the old man's Chinese thing to talk about, and uh, we are just talking at the break about marijuana, because it's sort of, uh, I shouldn't say back in the news, but uh, people have been talking about marijuana just a little bit more. They made a big bust in Bel Air. Mm -hmm. guy had a whole bunch of plants in his house. And here's what I'll say on the air, but I'm saying it off the air. And first off, just a side note, uh, if this is land of the free and you're here to be able to pursue the right of happiness, if a guy wants a couple of pot plants in his yard, that's his business. It's 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 sick and sad that we're living in a society where you can actually own a piece of property, own a house, but you can't grow a pot plant on that property well, without the feds closing in on yeah. you. This is recalculous, Drew. Please. A lot of these you can't do on your property. Oh, so. and these goddamn gun toters. These are the the gun toters are the biggest hypocrites in the world because these are the people who are the first people to say that hippie ought to have that pot pulled up by the root, and then we ought to pull his hair out by the root. But you tell that gun toter, uh, we'd like to uh, have you register your way. Oh, well, wait a minute. That's against my rights as an American. I haven't done anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What All if, right. if only yes. you could only get a firearm if you were, a, you know, if you if you smoked pot? If that was the <laughs> only people that could carry. Yes, you must have a huge. You you must be wearing a uh, sweatshirt made of hemp. Yes. In order to buy a firearm. Oh, gun toter. Have you heard this song? I uh, smoke two joints. Yes, it would be a much better society if that was true. So here's what I have to say, and then we'll all uh, jump in about this. Marijuana is not good for you. Uh, what is? <laughs> you know what I mean? Corn dogs are bad for you. So all you pot smokers out there, hurt your own argument when you start getting into that. You know, you call in radio stations or you, you write articles and you basically you, 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 um, you talk about the virtues of marijuana. Yeah. Oh, how it cures cancer. Cataracts. All it these cures cataracts. Yeah, it does, it does everything. It fuels your car. It'll it, save the environment. Right. Here's what pot does for you. It gets you high. Right. And it's okay to get high. It's just not okay to get high and, you know, drive cross country. And it's probably... Uh, 
Uh, and it will hurt you if you get high every day. Don't get high every day. And, and if you're one of those people who are addictively prone to that drug biologically, it's a tough thing. It, it is a devastating thing. But it's a very small number of people. Right. Very small so it's nowhere near as evil as the government would like you to think it is. On the other hand, it's not vitamin C or a protein shake. It's a drug. You right. take it. You use it responsibly. You do it on the weekends or whatever. You it's, do it when you're at probably home. Not, Don't blow it in your kid's face. It, Don't get your cat stoned. It's probably not significantly worse than alcohol. And, no, I don't, and the people on pot don't do the kinds of things that people do on alcohol. That's what makes it better than alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. Miller, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Now, how many of those kids do you think that buy those hemp shoes smoke pot? I'd go with uh, quite a few of them. Yeah, about 100%. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm just curious about, you know, the argument that hemp is going to somehow, you know, take over for mm-hmm. cotton and whatnot. No. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't no. see that. It's not, nor is it going to be a great drug. It's the I, I've heard these hemp, uh, uh, what would you call them, uh, banner-tearing hemp uh, advocates saying that it's uh, the best drug for nausea, the best drug for glaucoma, the best drug for the... No, it isn't. It is, it, it's barely effective. Right. It's just a, for, for a very tiny group of people, it may be something beneficial. And if it is, we ought to know about it. Right. And the argument should be if, uh, you know, if you like the, the buzz you get from marijuana versus maybe a drink, right. that sounds like a real argument. But saying that somehow it's going to solve the world's right. ills to me. Yeah, yeah. but if you're, if you're dying, you should be able to have whatever you want. For Christ's sake, we got, <laughs> you know, it's well, so that, funny that, that we take point. prisoners that are on death row and we ask them what they want to eat before we take them away. Uh, people that have, you know, killed uh, seven co-eds. Uh, yeah, you want Domino's? Uh, yeah, we'll go send that out. We'll get you a fifth of Jack. We'll get you anything you want because you're going to death row. But if you're on your deathbed from cancer, uh, the government doesn't want you to smoke weed. Now, uh, and how that, ridiculous that is, is that? I mean, that is, it's ridiculous in that we use morphine, which is a profoundly addictive drug, and we won't use marijuana if that somebody makes somebody feel even better than morphine. It's, it's not quite all right, consistent. All so. bets are off when you're dying. You get to have whatever you want. Yeah. And, you and, want I, and by the way, with you, that's fine. I, I have known people in recovery who value their recovery who will not use pain medications. They value their recovery more than the pain relief, and they go quite happily. They haven't been to my dentist. Yeah, Believe me, they'd be right back like on so. it. They'd be, they'd be washing down that Vicodin with a fifth of jet. Let's get on. <laughs> All right, wait a minute. I want to talk about the, the Man's Chinese right, for just a right, second right. here. Now, uh, Jonathan, the song we just heard, uh, Man's Chinese, was about the riots and about you living right in there in Hollywood behind the man. And, well, tell us what you said. Well, uh, you know, living behind that theater for about three years, it's a weird area because all these kids come here going to music school. A lot of, a lot of runaways go to Hollywood Boulevard in, in search of glamour. Right, there's a music school directly across the street, almost, from the man's Chinese. Yeah, it's just like, you know, everybody goes there to learn how to play speed metal. I guess that's what it's best known for. It's a, a MI, I think MI is what it's called. And it's uh, very popular in the 80s. I'm sure it's still pretty popular. But uh, it's a school that, um, you know, fosters, I guess, a lot of good things, but also probably a lot of fantasies, people wanting to become rock stars. Well, they have whole classes in Satan worship. Right. They over have, there. They have, like, uh, like... How to light your lighter and hold it up. 101, how to do the kick, you know, the hair. How to do uh, Satan's <laughs> horns with your uh, pinky and forefinger. Right. So, anyhow, watching this uh, odd area, especially the theater where all the people from the Midwest, the tourists, come to check out um, this theater that's been glamorized for so many years. When they have the premieres, the studio will rope off the street and kick those of us who live in the area out. Right. Bring in the celebrities, throw out that satellite feed. Everybody thinks it's this, you know, mecca for fame and they fortune. They just let, let it all go down at the Disney World one. 
Yeah, that's much more the way it's supposed to be. Absolutely, because between the premieres at the uh, at the Chinese and the and the Super Bowl, uh, I should say the Rose Bowl each year, we have more idiots coming to this uh, state of ours from from abroad because they're sitting home and they're snowed in and they're in Buffalo and they're saying, "Hey, look, it's uh, George Clooney! Wow, right? I'll go out there and meet him." Uh, The great thing is, uh, you know, these people. Uh, I feel bad for them. They come off the bus, you know, they get dropped off at the man's Chinese, and they just, you know, it kind of settles in. It's like after you've lost a few dollars at Vegas, and you start looking around a little bit, and you're like, wow, <laughs> this is a bad, it's a harsh toke, you know? I, I used to, I used to live, uh, here's the thing that pissed me off about that whole Hollywood scene when I lived in here. Uh, don't live in Hollywood, anyone. It, it's a dump, it smells like urine, and uh, for all that, no place to park, and the rent is higher. I lived up on uh, Franklin, like I was saying, between Coenga and Highland, on a hill with no parking. And each year, they'd have that uh, godforsaken Christmas parade. (laughs) And they would block off everything. And they'd tell you, you couldn't park on your street. And here's the beauty of these vermin, these vermin known as the parking enforcement personnel. Oh, these evil uh, leeches on the ass of society. I saw one going up my street at 1 a.m., the other night, this is this is how this is how despicable these people are. They don't even sleep anymore. They just sit there and do meth and write tickets all night long. Did you ever go to that Playboy liquor store, PLY? Oh yes, yes, sure. Trying Great to get place a, to meet. Friends. I put in an application there. Are you kidding? They would block off the streets. They would tell you you couldn't park on your street. You couldn't park on that street, and they'd leave you a place to park about two miles from where you actually live. These are the people that live there because they were having a parade. Which, by the way, I was not involved with. I was not on any grand marshal's float waving at anybody. And you'd park on these streets, and there's no place to park, and your bumper would hang over an eighth of an inch into the red, and these vermin meter maids were out in full force ticketing all the people whose parking spaces they took. So basically, here's the deal. You have no parking in your building. We're taking the streets you normally park on, and we're closing them off, and we're telling you you cannot park there. And then if you try parking on a side street two miles away, we're giving you a ticket for your trouble. Oh, oh this Hollywood's a dump. It should be torch, and we should start over. That's I'm, what I believe. I'm with you. And anybody can get on the walk of fame these days. Yeah, you buy a star now. You know, you literally can spend five. We could go, all four of us tonight, put 20000 together, and we could have four stars right in a row. Oh, no, you're, you're, walking, down the, you're, you're walking down the Hollywood uh, walk of fame now. It's like uh, Rick D's a sandwich in between <laughs> Carrot Top and, and Polly Shore, and you're going, oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Boy, Jimmy Durante and, and, and James Cagney are rolling over in their grave. <laughs> Can <laughs> you imagine that? we got to buy me a star. Drew, you in? Yeah, no. Five bucks, no. please. All right. Uh, well, thanks to you, Drew. We've successfully and, taken and, no and calls. Laws, break. Yeah, two breaks, by the way. Uh, what? Uh, one of the things you guys mentioned about that song, though, but that was you're the first non-ethnic band to write about the riots. Is that right? Music? I think, yeah, the first band to have a hit with uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess we are, yeah. I mean, Popular song. Anyway. We were sitting... Uh, all of us were rehearsing in Hollywood, and when the riots were about to hit, we were actually making some flyers up for our show um, that we were playing at a local club the next day. And you could just start feeling, watching the news clippings, seeing the helicopters that were spreading out from South Central down towards Hollywood. And we went up to Mulholland, and it was like Beirut. I mean, it was such a wild and moving, just blew me away. And we just we have to write something about this. I'm surprised more bands haven't because it was such a defining moment for this city. Well, I, I think uh, the white folks sort of felt like, well, you know, we don't have the right to write about, uh, you know, people riding and, and the plight of the black man that's, sort you know, of that's thing. That's a shame that um, 
you know, anybody can't write about something like that because at the, we're all in this city and this world together. And if you can't talk about something that goes down a few miles away or, or right in your neighborhood, you know, that's in a way that's, that's forcing yourself to, to censor your own thoughts, you know. And we, when we wrote this song, uh, we didn't take it from the perspective of an angry white person looking at, at the, you know, the black riot. It's about a community, you know, being upset that, that there's people in this city that are that upset and that, in that much pain, you know. All right. All right. Uh, we're now going to break. And um, I didn't participate in the riots. I just sat and watched. But uh, you guys went by You were that one guy there looting with the K-Rock hat on? <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, you saw it. I don't think they're aware of how much they suck. Hey, that's my very nice. You kiss my mother with that mouth. I mean, your mother. That line will be right back. Tricom, Mike. Yeah, Tricom, great product. That's right. It's uh, more effective at reducing itch than 1% hydrocortisone, which is the usual topical steroid that you can get over the counter. That's the way people typically use, right? That's what they typically yeah. use. And I want to remind people, always make sure if it's something in any way out of the ordinary, be sure to see your doctor, see a dermatologist to make sure it's not a derm or medical problem because the skin can express underlying medical conditions. But if it's just plain old winter itch, winter skin, this Tricom can really be very effective. You can also use Tricom in the warmer months on bug bites, poison ivy, sumac, and other skin irritations. And there is the Tricom money-back itch-free guarantee. If the user is unsatisfied, they mail back the empty tube for a full refund, Mike. Yeah, and and you listen, you probably already have two to three of these anti-itch products in your medicine cabinet already. Mm-hmm. And, and they're just not going to get the job done the way... That Tricom is. So turn to Tricom. Look, money back guarantee. I mean, come on now. That's right. Even if they are as effective as Tricom, hydrocortisone has a bunch of side effects you may not be aware of. And this will give you the same itch relief for winter skin as the hydrocortisone without the side effects. And it works quickly and the relief lasts. Okay? So Tricom. Tricom is your stuff. That's right. Be sure to get Tricom and remember the itch-free guarantee. If you're unsatisfied, mail back the empty tube for a full refund. That is Tricom. Love Line, 10 p.m., seven days a week. Hey, it is Love Line. Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, the band Naked, and we will be back in 10 seconds. This is Love Line on Radio Station. KIROFM Seattle. It is Love Line. We have Naked on tonight as well as Dr. Drew, who's in fine form. Am I? Yeah. Because I've not been bothering you too much? Is that the deal? No, you're all over the show with your Leif Erickson uh, references I'm and talk, talking about the riots. Drew normally just sort of sits back and um, he's like, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the uh, old sitcom Petticoat Junction, but he's I'm like... Uncle, uh, Uncle uh, Uncle, Joe. Uncle Joe. Yeah, yeah it's right. like he's like Uncle Joe sleeping out of the porch of the Petticoat he's Junction. He's moving kind of slow. <laughs> right. Just once in a while when we get a call about cancer or AIDS, I lean over and poke him with my cane and he, huh? Any newspaper. I'm in pain. My breasts hurt. Newspaper slides down. He takes a pork pie hat and he leans it over his eyes and he tilts it back up. And, huh? But uh, tonight he's leaning forward. He's involved with the guests in the show. So take that as a compliment. Thank you. Phone number, 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Fax number, screw you. Dave. Hey, Adam. Hey, Dr. Drew. What's going on? Hey, you're 25. Hey. Yes, I am. Um, when are we going to see more TV shows? 
Uh, a couple, couple months. A couple months? Okay, I'm looking Presumably. forward to it. Right? I've, I've already memorized all the, all the first run. Thank you. Um, up is down, down is up. I mean, there's a lot of things you can uh, work around. Point is, you don't need to worry about it. I mean, that, that's very reassuring because I don't know if she realized at the time she, she had a throwaway comment there, but it's kind of just made me very self-conscious, obviously. Yeah. Oh, she, uh, I put a curse on her, by the way, Dave. Her, oh, bless, her bless head her. should grow like an onion in the ground. As her first Jewish grandmother would say. So your, your teeth should fall out and hair would grow on where the teeth were. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> as, as, <laughs> and you should chew your food like a... It's about... Hmm, I don't know what it is Thank now, you. but it's almost 100. 100 kronish? That's, uh, that's unheard of. <laughs> oh, boy. I'll never go to that damn Iceland. All right, I got 10 bucks. Drew, go get some change. Yeah. I got And what are you doing? Come on. <laughs> what are you looking at? Really, I'm the one. Not my job right to give you money. All right, but don't just sit there like a stiff. I don't, we don't know what's going on. Oh, look, the whole the, the whole, the whole band on. is ponied up. Oh, please, Ann can't even come here and belly up a buck. All right, all right, let's talk about. It. All right, all right. I, I'm putting my ten bucks in, but I'm working out the old change all thing. All right, all right, all right. If you win, on the on the off chance I lose. And by the way, I took your buddy, your psychologist buddy, Doctor John, to the cleaner, to the F and cleaners. My bad. He yeah. was here all last week. I cleaned this guy out. The guy's charging 150 bucks an hour to counsel people. I whooped his ass. Let's see. There you go. Oh, here we go. We need $2. I need... Can you break a 10, Ann? No, I can't break a 10. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, I'll just yeah. take my 10 out. <laughs> All right. I'll leave the 10 in. We'll work it out. All right. Here's the situation. Did I mention I whooped John's ass? <laughs> the guy's a psychologist. I whooped the guy. Come on. Oh, it was awesome. Come on. Drew's been just killing me every time we gamble. Here's what we do when we gamble on this show. We try to figure out what in their past led them to their present and then possibly their future. Meaning, Joanne's very cavalier about having sex at the age of 13. We think that sounds a little bit young. She's had sex a couple of times, and this is not a real blatant gambling case. Some are more blatant than others. But just the fact that she was having sex at 13, I'm guessing a little something was up in her past. Not the greatest environment, not the greatest background. Sure. First. No, we're with you so far. You're with me. Okay. Your logic. What do you think went on in Joanne's past when she was a child, the family, that led her to having sex at 13? Alcoholism, abuse. No, I Maybe she it's said nothing. 14. She said, well, she's 14, 14 now. now. Oh, Drew, okay. you, first time. Drew, would you talk into the mic, please? Oh, I don't want to step on you. Uh, Uncle Joe? It's more like uh, George Costanza's father. <laughs> yeah, I can smack you. I need that cane so we can smack so Uncle Joe over there. She was 13 when it happened. Yeah. So it definitely comes from, so, you know, some parent isn't there. All right, go ahead. All right, you're going, with, your bat. you're going with dad's not there or mom's not there? Well, so you have to get real specific, huh? I'd say dad's not there. Well, like, no one, no one listening to the show. Everyone listening to the show is missing a dad is right. not uh, involved in her life. Be, be, because dad. we're all going to go in that direction, so you got to get real specific. My guess yeah. is that... Uh, the family split up. There's a stepdad involved. Uh -huh. okay. She uh, um, obviously doesn't have that closeness with the bond in right. her life that she lacks, and she seeks that companionship from step -dad. her stepdad. Stepdad didn't give anything to okay. her. Yeah, Got she's it. a lonely place. Okay. You know, okay. All right, Peter. I think none of the above because, uh, yeah, being the European I am. And <laughs> Legal right, age you're an old maid over there in Iceland if you're not getting it on by 12, right? Yeah, legal age is 15 there, so even if it would happen, I think because she did it with somebody her same age, mm -hmm. not necessarily. Very, very that's a good point. That's a very that's sound a take. Okay. All right, so you're saying nothing. Family unit together, no okay. problems. Drew? Go ahead. Uh, I'm going with, uh, I'll, 
I originally would have gone with dad being out, but I'll go with dad being around, even though uh, 80% of our callers don't have a dad around. I'll go with dad being around and dad just being um, wrapped up in work. Okay. Uh, away, absent, distant, not enough time for uh, Joanne and her problems. I'm going to say both parents are uh, just detached in some way. She's the oldest of several siblings. She had had to take care of the whole family. And uh, Now, that's good specific gambling. That'll get you an extra quarter from everyone, Drew. Wow. Joanne? Yeah. Okay, now, I got my 10 out there, Joanne. All right. Okay. Well, you're semi-right, I guess. Uh, what? Where are the parents? My mom's around, and she's really cool. Uh, I'm fine with her. Dad's not around? Right, but uh, I see him quite a bit, but we don't have, like, a really close relationship. When did Dad cut out? I guess I was six or seven. Mm-hmm. And you, you, he didn't move too far away? No, I see him every weekend. Do you have brothers and sisters? Younger brother. Just one? And I've got an older brother, but I don't live with him. Okay, so Drew's out on this one. Now, you get along well with your mom? Yeah. All right, so uh, it's between me and Jonathan. Except for not really, because I said your dad was still around. <laughs> I only did that because I, you know, I figured he's in a band. How smart can he be? <laughs> he comes in with this uh, psychology crap. All right, so dad took off, and you don't have a very good relationship with him. Yeah. All right. Uh, choke on that. Uh, buy yourself like a new mic stand or Thank something. You. Yeah, new mic. Well, you know, uh, no, that's right. That, we're that's... batting, but that's uh, that's a real serious that's a serious thing. So uh, my question is. Uh, if you're having sex at such a young age, are you wearing protection? Are you worried about getting pregnant or getting any diseases? Yeah, but that was, it was only that those two times. It only and takes once. What? It only takes once. I know. So those times you were not protected. No, I was. You were protected. Yeah. And do you, do you have any sense of, I mean, was that what you wanted to do, was have sex at that age? Mm, not exactly. Was that a good experience for you? Um, no. Do you wish you hadn't done it? Yeah. Okay. That, that's what most women your age would would report. That is not a good thing for them. Not a gratifying thing. That your your what your needs are from sex. It becomes more. It's uh, seeing someone. Maybe, well, uh, listen. I mean, there's yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that Mark is um, at odds a little bit here. I mean, doesn't have an advantage going into relationships. But there's plenty of <laughs> look. You're, I'm, you don't have to date one of the Spice Girls. No, no. I mean, you can. There's plenty of women working in plenty of places that would be plenty excited about going out with someone that are in basically the same boat Mark's in. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Just to go out and find that boat and uh, get on board and toss a beer back and uh, see if you can vomit over the railing at some point. <clears throat> Am I right, Drew? Of course you are. Okay. Well said. Thank you. We'll be back with Naked after this. I began to float. Ask Loveline, 10 p.m. seven days a week. This is Ken, Chris, and Jay from, from the Squirrel, Squirrel Nut Zippers. And, and you're listening to Love Live with Adam Brella and Dr. Drew. Ah, uh, yes. It is Love Line. We have Damon and Jeremy from the band Naked. And let me just uh, give the band a little plug here. I won't, well, they're going to be at the Troubadour tomorrow night. 
out here in L.A. And then Friday, the 8th, they're going to be in Fresno. And Saturday, they're going to be in Reno. I'm not going to give all the club places, but if you're in one of these cities and you're listening to this, just uh, pick up the damn newspaper and find them, would you? They'll be in uh, Spokane, Washington on the 12th. This is all August, by the way. Eugene, Oregon on the 13th. And then uh, Friday, the 15th, they'll be in San Jose, California. Then Portland, Oregon on the 16th. And then in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on the uh, 19th, that would be a Tuesday. Home of Prince? And, oh yes. A lot of lakes. I don't really like Prince that much. I really? know everyone thinks he's a genius and everything. I'm. Uh, there's no chance he's ever coming on this show, is there? <laughs> we, 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 give Je- <laughs> I think not. we give Jeremy a little nickname on the road. It, uh, we call him the artist for- formerly known as Princess. So that's, that's uh, that so was your name. I actually, we gave that to Drew. Actually, uh, I, I I don't like Prince. I don't understand the whole um, the whole thing. It's he's a petite man. He just triumphs <laughs> his guitar the entire time and wears too he's much. He's a genius. Have so. you ever seen him though dance and play guitar at the same time? He's wearing heels, like six inch heels. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah he's uh, only women basically can do that. Yeah, is my thinking. No, the the guy is incredibly talented. I just don't really like any of his music. I, I don't like any of his songs. It's gotten, it's gotten a lot of, a lot funkier. You know, I, I don't know years. the new stuff. I must I must admit, but you, I don't think the old stuff. A lot of it stands the test of time. I think if you listen to a lot of it now, you go, mm, right. yeah. like Hall notes. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to play something uh, from the Naked CD from the band called Naked, and this one is called Raining on the Sky. from Naked off of Naked. It is out now in record stores. You may find it. Now, Jonathan and Peter have left, and Jeremy and Damon, the other part of Naked, are in here. And um, I predict big things for the band, guys. And here's what I'd like you to do. Just Whatever you want. Remember the kind folks over here at Loveline. We have a lot of bands in here on the way up. Uh, oh, it's Kisses and Hugs. But a year later, after they sell a million or so records, uh, Anne calls up their uh, booking agent or their publicist, and it's uh, Love Who? That, that's funny, because we were actually warned by the label we could either come here on the way up or on the way down. <laughs> right. <laughs> but not when we're on top. I don't know why. We but. will uh, have no peaking bands. <laughs> it's like... Right. And we'll, 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 don't, don't get me wrong, we'll take you on the way up or the, or the way down, but uh, for, for, for once, I'd like a band that's peaking 
to come in here and remember the love line. Well, I, I vow to We'd come back to. when we peak. All right. Don't bother coming back if we don't peak, by the way. <laughs> I think that, that goes on set. Valentina. Oh, Valentina's 18 and sleeping. Yeah. Are you there? No, let's just listen. Valentina's been on hold for 117 <laughs> minutes and 31 <laughs> seconds. Realize it just a two, less than two and a half minutes away from two hours on hold. Well, she is really, <laughs> she is a fan. Working hard in her sleep, though. She has a snoring disorder? Is that what she called him? Why did she call in originally? Memory you know loss her? from hormone pills. And interestingly, progesterone can make you kind of have changes Sleepy? in your respiratory patterns when you sleep. <laughs> we may be hearing it. So she forgot to stay awake? Well, she probably... Been? I'm guessing she fell asleep while on hold, no yeah. duh. But I'm hoping that the earpiece is next to her ear. We should so deliver some messages. Yeah, yeah, let's put some subliminal messages in her mind. Buy the naked CD. And tell all your friends to buy the naked CD. And then kill. <laughs> Indiscriminately. <laughs> all we'll get a, a lot of CNN coverage if they can kill Oh, the could team. you imagine oh. if she just woke up and killed? Yeah. Uh, she was, uh, you know, she was um, of captain battle. of the speech and debate uh, <laughs> squad at school. She was on the cheerleading team. Oh, yeah. And now she's on a killing spree. Naked. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, deliver a positive love line type. Um, Oil pot. Sh shush up, Drew. I was a ceramics major. All right, Valentina. Hey, you want to ring the alarm, engineer? <laughs> <laughs> so you can wake her up. <laughs> She's uh, thick as a box of rocks, is Valentina. Genius. Things can be too bad. All right, uh, uh, I'm not supposed to get out the reverb, but in this case, I, I, I think I think this calls for it. We're running late, but uh, we'll pass along uh, some, some I've heard about this messages. reverb button. <clears throat> it's been a while. Test, one, two, test. Valentina, this is Satan speaking. I want you to worship me. <laughs> I know your folks would like to lure you over to the light side of Christianity, possibly Judaism, maybe Catholicism, but I want you to follow the true word, the word of me, the word of Satan. <laughs> Okay. I think I, think I sped up her breathing, though. <laughs> oh, can you imagine what's going through her poor mind? She's getting nervous. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll check in one more time with Valentina and see if uh, Satan, dreams. Satan doesn't have any more words for her. Why don't you try rapping at this? You know, we love hearing from you, so keep on sending those tweets and comments, because we read every one of them. Your opinion is important. That's why we don't want you to miss the chance to take our listener survey at podcastone.com. You see, your responses will help us make this show the very best it can be. It's not a lot of effort, because it'll only take you about three minutes, and you'll get the instant gratification that comes with knowing that you helped us get better. So do it now. Take the survey at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. And don't forget, keep those tweets and comments coming. Naked is the name of the band. Naked is the name of the CD. My um, 
I think it'll be an enlightening experience. I think you should all you should all get that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, a little more of a real sound. Not not that uh, you know fight, kill your parents, uh, stab your teacher kind of music. Just that. Uh, oh wait, <laughs> Valentina. Wow. I'm becoming aroused. Are you guys getting aroused? <laughs> let's get let's record this. You know the beauty of this is is we're gonna hang up and go home. Uh, <laughs> Valentina's not gonna hang up. We have no way of signaling her to hang up the phone. She sounds excited. She's already in danger of drowning in a puddle of her own drool at this point. <laughs> oh. Try breathing as fast as you. All right. You lightheaded. I think she's blowing up a raft. Maybe that's why she can't <laughs> talk. Valentina, are you going camping? Valentine, wake up. All right, that's it for her. Uh, engineer, uh, uh, Lisa, keep her on hold because we may start it with tomorrow night's show with uh, Valentina <laughs> blowing up the raft. All right, Damon, Jeremy, thank you very much. Peter and Jonathan, wherever you are, thank you very much. Um, Naked is the band. Go out and get the CD, Troubadour, tomorrow night. Until tomorrow night when we have Bobcat Goldthwait, the new and improved Bobcat Goldthwait on the show. Sam Crow for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions, that's for sure. If you'd like to read the transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXBX on Tooth and Nail Records. Said Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. <laughs> Hey everybody, back again for Classic Loveline, episode 522, from September 29th, 1997, a Monday night show. Once again, another incomplete show, starting halfway in on a Monday night, much like the previous 42 you just heard. And these two episodes are about uh, as fresh off the presses as they come, the intro being recorded minutes before the episode's put up, and the final edit of the episode being posted right after. 522 is a brand new official tape, only half the show was actually on the tape itself, the audio is not as good as it typically is on the official tapes. They should be back to normal real soon. The audio still overall is pretty great. It's been remastered, and it's still unclear if Drew Carey actually showed up, but it seems unlikely. I don't think he did at all. I don't think he was on for the first hour. I don't think he ever came in this week to promote his book as they plugged. Uh, it seems unlikely, as, as Adam does not thank him at the end of the show. He just thanks the staff for putting on a good episode. Adam has a long rant about the hospital needing him to take his underpants off for routine and minor procedures, and how everything in the hospital is set up to be convenient for the doctors and the staff, but not so much the patients. It's a very fun back and forth, mostly Adam uh, having fun with Drew, with a nice mash music bed thanks to Engineer Mike, who has returned to the show. Coming up next is going to be episode 523 with Jessica Bowman. That's from September 30th, 97. And then after that, it's going to be Ken Marino on October 1st, 97 for episode 524. So stay tuned for those episodes. They'll be posting in the feed very soon. And enjoy this partial episode. I'm going with a corduroy now. And, uh, and school tomorrow. Okay. Well, I'm in Cincinnati. <laughs> and, well, actually, northern Kentucky. Uh-huh. And I'm in the bedroom. Uh, the carpet's just about right. I'm not a carpet salesman or anything. You know? It's that bad rust-colored shag? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, 70s porn movie uh, shag? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the, the, the walls aren't really wood panel. There's just 
really weird looking, that's all. And the railroad track park part was right, you know. Oh, you're round tracks. Mm. I just, I could feel that. I know what that, isn't that weird? What are you wearing, Chris? Uh, robe and boxers. Oh, really? Is the weather cool over there? Yeah. Oh, you lucky bastards. It's like Calcutta here. It's horrible. You go to school tomorrow? Uh, no, I work. What do you do? I, I am a salesman. Hey, you're quite a pitch man, I can tell you that. What do you sell, Chris? Uh, well, lawn care. Uh, you sell, like, fertilizer? Uh, yeah, fertilizers and so forth. Oh, okay. Uh, the program. Right. How come you're not in school? Uh, I have a uh, high school equivalency diploma. Yeah, you're smart. School's not for everyone. You never did too well in school, did you? Oh, I did great in school. It was just the fact that I was moved around so much. I went mm. to about seven different high schools. Uh-huh. Ah. And you got all A's? Uh, yeah. I, except for my my last year, which was, well, eighth grade was fine, and then ninth grade hit. That's kind of rough for a young person. Why, why'd, you went to, why'd you go to seven different high schools? I was moved around a lot. Why? My mom and... Uh, yeah, we got that part. Why? 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 Well, my parents, <laughs> my mom became homeless. Oh. And, um, well, there was a divorce in the family. Um, and, you know, I was moved back and forth. I didn't know my dad for 12 years. Wow. And I was moved back and forth. And then when I turned 14, towards the last parts of my school, I started using a lot of drugs. You know, I was introduced to that part of life, you know. I smoked cigarettes since I was 12 because just everything was so stressful. But I didn't feel like touching right. anything else. Well, but, I was aware of it. But but you're you're the kind of person that seeks refuge from your the the chaos that has been your life. I mean that's why drugs were so appealing to you. They helped you feel better. And uh, I suspect you're using your relationships and your sexuality in the same way. And that's why it's so compulsive. It's you, you've had a crap. Well, anyone to blow out if you blow out your prostate at 17, you're really getting it on a lot. Yeah. I like to see what kind of shape his girlfriend's in if his prostate's blown out at uh, 17 years old. All right, uh, stop compensating. Stop using sex as a weapon. <laughs> Isn't that a Pat Benatar song? And uh, keep working. You'll be fine. Distance yourself from the family and don't have kids for a while. Long while. Long while. Thank you. And Yes, you're hi. Tw- you're 22. Yeah. Um... I've kind of come across the problem. Um, I've been married with, with my husband for about six years, and within the six years, um, a couple of times when I'd get ready for to go to bed, he'd usually go to bed before I do, and when I'd come to bed, uh, he'd like he'd wake up, but not really wake up, and then he'd say some other woman's name. But and so I don't quite know exactly what's going on, and I've asked him before if he's having affairs or not, and he said, of course not. And Did you ask him about this particular behavior? Pardon? Did you ask him about this particular behavior? Yes, I have. And he says that, uh, you know, when he wakes up the next morning or something, he says he doesn't remember ever saying anything like that. Mm. So when he's... Oh, Anne, what? How does he say their names? In a groan or... He kind of, you know, he's he kind of whispers it or whatever, you know. Like I was just getting ready for bed. Um, does he say right now, Which is why I called because he just d- did it right Does now. he look at you? Does he see a person? Well, see, when I got in bed, he didn't look at me, kind of, you know, kissed me between my breasts or whatever, and then he said that lady, a uh, different lady's name. Is it the same name every time? Pardon? Is it the same name every time? No. One was my sister, which did not settle too well with me, but... Is, uh, is her name... Is her name... <laughs> is her name Jugs? 
No. <laughs> no. Oh, I was just trying out a theory. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What's your sister's name? I don't really want to name names in case they're listening. <laughs> well, they know who you are. All right. Well, her name's Helen. Yeah. And, um, so... Are you I, sure he wasn't saying melons? <laughs> She's got those, but no, I'm positive he, that's not oh, really? what he said. <laughs> I mean, Does he drink? Pardon? Was he drinking when he goes to bed? No, I mean, we, uh, the, the lady's name that he said, uh, we just partied with them last night. And it's, it's, they're married and everything, um, mm. that other woman. She's married, but... Um, well, let me defend the lad for just one second. Okay. Like, if I'm having a phone conversation at home and I'm watching the Flintstones, I will start working dialogue in from whatever I'm watching to uh, whoever I'm speaking to on the phone. That's why you call me Barney. Yes. <laughs> hey, Drew made a joke, everybody. Let's all just, you know, like, you know where you were when Kennedy was shot? Let's all just take a moment and, and uh, evaluate our, our uh, surroundings for just one moment so we realize where we were when Drew made a joke. No, but sometimes, like if I'm watching TV and I'm talking to someone on the phone and I'm watching a commercial and the guy's going, um, we can't be undersold. We won't be undersold. I'll be talking to somebody, no matter what we're talking about, and I go, you're selling yourself short. <laughs> this guy's underselling you. Do you know what I you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. People's minds work this way. Uh, Producer Ann just had a dream about me the other night. Oh, my God, Ann, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? It, I was just wondering if it, like, could get it to a bigger problem. I like mean, what? something that we need to go to marriage counseling for or anything like um, that? Um, no. How's the relationship going otherwise? Well, I'm not... You're not real happy. In sex. I mean, it's right. nice, but Who, I mean... What about sex? I'm not that interested in it. Why? I don't know. Is it because of his attitude? Um, I don't, I don't, I really don't know. I mean, I know that, like, if we have an argument, he's ready to have sex just like that. For me, it's kind of like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, guys like to settle their scores uh, between the sheets. I've noticed. Yeah, it's amazing guys, uh, before they get in a fist fight, don't hump each other. <laughs> Something that gets guys excited about that, it's, I call it vengeance love. You get in that big argument, and then you, you settle it on the, uh, the you know, the, the field of honor. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas women get completely turned off. Definitely. And so I don't know. I'm not really quite sure exactly what the big uh, well, look, well, if there's a things problem, could be going yeah, better. If there's a problem, yeah, why not? And the other thing is, if you can't, if you don't feel you can trust them, then there is a problem. Because that's all you've got to go on right now. Mm, well, right, but this isn't the only thing that's lacking that's in the, the relationship. Point. That's the point. Something else going on. Okay. Samantha. Yes. Fourteen. Yes. Um, I have a problem, and this is for Dr. Drew. Mm -hmm. um, I'm uh, bulimic, and I've started this for about two and a half months now. Mm -hmm. And I have really sharp pains all through my stomach, like every day, all the time. And um, I'm wondering if this is associated with me being bulimic. What do you think? Um... Well, before I was bulimic, it's like every time I would eat or just barely do anything, it's like I was running for the bathroom. Um, it's, okay. just, What's that mean? I don't know. What uh, does that last well, statement like, mean? There was so much stuff going on. I just was so nervous all the time that I couldn't keep anything down. And then pretty soon it was to the point where I just was bulimic, and then 
now it's like I've got these really sharp pains all through my well, stomach. I'm going to try the question again, though, Drew. Obviously, it has to do with <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah, what the hell was that? Samantha. Yes. You think the pains in your stomach is uh, a, a result of you being bulimic? Um, well, that's what I'm wanting now. Maybe. We, we, Drew just asked you that, and then you went into a whole long story about what happened before. I'm just trying to get people to, more in the habit of answering the questions. I'm, I'm okay. sure, uh, I'm no doctor, but you're having stomach pains and you're vomiting. Uh-huh. Are you so, just, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that's, um, that's from that. I mean, I laugh too hard, I cramp up, I uh, sprain a rib. Well, but I mean, this, she, you can get all kinds of terrible gastrointestinal problems. I mean, if you're doing lots of laxatives, your bowels stop moving. You can get gastritis, tears in the esophagus, esophagitis, pancreatitis even, I suppose. So, I mean, there can be some very serious complications from this, and you're just beginning to get into it. Abdominal pain is just, you know, your body beginning to tell you that this isn't something it uh, is meant to do. How long have you been at it? Two years, she said. No. Guess I shouldn't listen. Okay, so this this has got something to do with it then. Samantha. Yes. What the hell are you 20% fatality with bulimia, okay? Okay. It's not a painless death. Okay. The pains are just going to start here. All kinds of things are going to happen if you keep this up. How old were you when your mom enrolled you in ballet class? I never did. This is not that. This isn't. No, this is uh, this is what was going on at home. Some pretty heavy yeah. arguing and stuff. Oh yeah. Did anybody ever strike you? Yeah. Yeah, that's what this is. Well, I'm giving you your dollar back for. How do you know? How come this isn't the ballet I, I, one? I just can feel it. No. Just, just, just that, that one is much more covert, perfectionistic. Mm. This is I'm this a reaction. This is I'm out of control and desperate and mm. abused. And mm. How's your weight, Samantha? Um, well, I'm 5'3", and I'm 110 now. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not dangerously. Well, thin. I lost um, 15 pounds. Uh-huh. And again, yeah. it's not, it's not the, the, with bulimia, it's not so much the body weight as the behavior. And the, yeah. the consequences of vomiting. Well, there's just a lot of things that built up. In fact, a lot of bulimics are overweight sometimes, or not uncommonly. Right. So, Samantha, please get help. Okay, you're, well, you're in. I you're don't really think that's kind of possible because my mom, she'll, like, listen to your show and she'll say, um... Well, where is she now? Well, she's in bed. Well, let's I talk to her. Oh, no, I don't think so. This is a serious situation. Well, I was um, abused when yeah. I was nine, like, yeah. molested. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't even know. And when she hears something like this, she says, you know, they're just, they're really stupid. They're just trying to get attention. You know, everybody suffers abuse. They shouldn't be talking about it. Mm, like, boy. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, don't worry. Someone abused Mama, too. Right. Who um, abused you? Stepdad? No, my, um... Uncle? A lot of different people. My, I had a boyfriend when I was nine. He was 13. Mm. He molested me in our barn, like, oh, every day. And I was so, always so scared to to be with him because I knew what he was going to do. Uh, how did your, um, what did your, not that your folks did, did a whole lot, but what about the 13-year-old boyfriend when you were nine? Did they know about that? Yes, they just, they never really thought of anything about it. My dad was just so abusive all the time. He was just somebody you really didn't want to be around. Mm. Do you have any brothers? One. Uh-oh. Mm. Has he gone on a killing spree yet? No. No. Um, 15. Oh, boy. How's he doing? Um, pretty messed up. Yeah. Pretty messed up, actually. Yeah. 
All right, I'm calling in the, uh, I'm, I'm locking course. down on the coordinates. I'm calling in an airstrike. Samantha, I need you to leave the house. Uh, pack light. You don't have a lot of time. Uh, just take, uh, uh, don't bother with clothing or anything. Just uh, whatever running. pictures, a few things you can't, uh, irreplaceable items, and a toothbrush. <laughs> oh, I listen to your show, like, religiously, and I just, I hear so many girls that are abused, and I can just relate to them so much. Yeah. Uh. I just wish that I had somebody I could talk to, but I don't. Well, you do. Well, well, here's that is such a healthy impulse, and uh, there are services out there. I mean, you have to go out and look for them. Well, I'm doing a lot better now. Um, well, but Samantha, like you're a, blaming now. No, I really am. Like about a week ago, I was like having so many suicidal thoughts mm. that she wasn't funny anymore, and I kind of just said, well. I gotta kind of put this behind me and start moving on. So. Boy, so she's 14. It sounds like I'm talking to a 23-year-old um, uh, nurse back from Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Well, I, you work know, full, 1972. I work full time, and I try to keep my myself busy. Oh, you work full time. As soon as I settle down for one second, it really gets. Where do you work full time? I own my own business, and I. What? Also, yeah, I do homeschool, so where, I I work all day. What kind of business do you own? Uh, dog grooming. How's that going? Pretty good, pretty busy. Well, why don't we give her a plug? Yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> I don't think so. What's the name of it? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. She doesn't want to be associated with what she said, Yeah. unfortunately. Um, Although you get some support uh, that I'll way. I'll get you a tip. Uh, okay. Well, I'll tell you. One, I'll tell you, it's just like one of my customers, she just said, you know, you're looking so good and you, you act like you're so happy. And that was one of my really bad days. And. I was with my mom that day, and when I left her house, I was, like, so close to breaking down because I was just, just going through this rough time. And All right. Uh, Drew, give her a phone number. Where are you calling from? Uh, Colorado. Yeah. There is a number you can call. It's uh, one I knew it wasn't out here because you, you had a barn. one They <laughs> take you to the alley. 1-800-522. They have alleys out here, too? Oh, yeah. 1-800-522-8336. Okay. Okay. Did you write that down? Yeah. Can you, you, the last part again? 1-800-522-8336. And that, that's a place you can talk some more and they okay. give you some suggestions for resources in your area, okay? All right, Samantha. Well, you, you know, uh, listen, we're never wrong. You, yeah, I know. You, we, we really aren't. I know. At least I am never wrong. Drew's wrong once in a while. Uh, you, you got a lot going. This girl is 14 years old. Yeah. You know, she's running her own business. She's doing a homeschooling in in a midst. Uh, it's like growing up in Beirut, yet right. she's able to survive this right. way. And Frank. Yeah, and you have your your head screwed on straight, and you just need a little bit of help, and you'll get past this. You'll get out of the environment, and you'll be very successful. Well, I commend you both so much, and I just feel like Dr. Drew. I know Adam, you don't have any kids, but Dr. Drew, I'm just so happy because you're all my children. <laughs> well, I'm like, just... uh, oh, hold on a second. I'm like Christ that way. Well, I'll hear Dr. Drew talking about his daughter like, you know, she's on this pedestal, and I just think that that's so great that Dr. Drew just, I uh, just it, It's and, good. It, let me tell you, Samantha. It's it's good for a while until she starts demanding different types of, uh, of uh, spaghetti or noodles <laughs> or pasta. Drew, poor Drew uh, oh, the other day. Oh, saw that. He showed her, like, the uh, rigatoni. She didn't want any of that. Then he showed her the linguine. She was having nothing to do with that. Then the spaghetti. That didn't do it. The elbow macaroni. Nothing was good enough. <laughs> uh, that's a problem. What, now, what happened with that episode, Drew? I, you know, I, was so, I just had that scope that day, and I was kind of out of it. I can't really remember, frankly. 
Poor Drew just uh, had, uh, you know, three foot of uh, nine three feet. foot, nine foot of anaconda in his ass, and uh, his daughter came home, was in a mood. Uh, sorry, Drew came home. The daughter was in a mood, and she wanted pasta, but didn't know what kind. Right, we no, couldn't, couldn't none get of the it out. noodles. Couldn't figure it out. Yeah. So show. what were you doing? You're holding them up, or right. showing her different pasta? <laughs> she wouldn't have anything to do. Screaming. Yeah. But she did want the pasta. I can't remember how that resolved, but it did work itself out somehow. She, there was something she had in mind and couldn't communicate okay, it to listen, us. Listen, I've, I've eaten with your wife, your lovely wife, Susan, a yeah. few times. Keep an eye on the youngins. These, these kids are going to be trouble at the restaurant. I oh, can tell you that oh, right oh, now. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, this is trouble. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the uh, litmus test for me yes. of a troubled person. <laughs> how long they, they spend talking to the waiter yes. or waitress. That's trouble. And for me... There should not even be eye contact made with the waiter or waitress. You stare at the menu, and you just read the number next to it, and that's it. And everyone gets a large iced tea. If you want something else, you bring it from home. That's my deal. Uh, are we ready to order? Yeah, uh, number 13, large iced tea. Thank you. That's it. Oh, yeah, Drew, you got your wife like uh, 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 Mrs. Paul. <laughs> She's not. Julia Childs. She's in there concocting stuff. She uh, wants to know uh, the content, the breakdown, and the uh, carb-to-protein ratio. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying keep an eye on that, Paulina. Gotcha. This pasta is the first in many incidents uh, revolving around food. Just gotcha. Keep an eye out. We'll be back. Meanwhile, as the faceless evil closes in on the hapless, sleeping populace across town in a shanty one-bedroom, an old woman feeds her parakeet. Come on, Chirpy, have some cheese. You love cheese. Since when are you afraid of cheese? Loveline will be right back. This is Dr. Drew for True Car. Everyone is talking about transparency these days, a word you hear a lot because people want it. So when it comes to making a big purchase, like perhaps buying a new car, you expect some transparency in the buying process. This is a process that gives you the confidence to know you're getting the fair deal, right? So you can really look at all the details. To understand the power of transparency, you need to check out True Car and True Car's mobile app. True Car not only can configure the car you want and how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for. Down to the zip code, so right in your area, you see the very same car. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on that car, you can lock in guaranteed savings on an average over $3,000 off MSRP. Then you're connected with a trusted TrueCar certified dealer that will honor your savings without any negotiation, no shenanigans. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay. Download the TrueCar app today. Yes, this is my music. Drew, this is the kind of thing you're listening to when you're driving <coughs> home, isn't it? No, nope, can't say it is. What is uh, it? Should be as routine as uh, pap smears. Ah, here's an interesting fact about uh, Dr. Drew and his colonoscopy that was... Uh, that uh, frontier justice was dealt out. <laughs> Drew Sphincter was disciplined on Saturday, was it not, Drew? Yeah. That is a process in which uh, you lie down on your belly, You uh, they pass you out. Do you lie down on your belly or they roll you over left after side. you're passed left out? Side. Why can't you just get on your belly? 
because the positions it just doesn't work the anatomy quite as well. Here's what I don't like about the hospital: that you know the skirt they give you, the yeah. smock yeah. that you have to wear around. Yeah. Real easy access from behind. You ever <laughs> notice that? No problems getting that. Right. As a matter of fact, I really think they should redesign those gowns. Uh-huh. First off, no guy wants to be. You know, listen. A gown is something uh, you, you know the, your daughter wears to the the uh, the, the Deb prom right. or the Deb uh, the ball her yeah. coming out part. Yeah. Uh, guys don't like to be caught in gowns. Right. Let's just a uh, guy like a like a bathrobe. Pajamas, yeah. Jammies. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly, you like some underwear under there. That's my second line of defense is the underwear. Yeah. And I've been in the hospital a couple of times, and here's what I experienced with those gowns. They lace up in the back. But the way they're done is they always tie them very loosely, and they leave a good four-inch gap just running right down your spine and right down your ass. Yeah. And then if you have to get up and go to the bathroom or do anything, your ass is basically hanging out the entire yeah. time you're at a hospital. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. I've went to visit people and stuff before, and the scrotum's hanging out. They, you know, stuff's, you know, because this, the thing gets all cockeyed when you get into bed and stuff. And then the guy's, you know, his old Uncle Lou, and he's got to get up. i got to use the bathroom, and he gets up, and he shoots you the... You know, when he's, when he's taking the leg and swinging it over the edge of the bed, it's always a little embarrassing. Yes. And then you see his ass as he's walking to the, you know. Listen, just just give give the person a pullover. Do we need that much ass access at a hospital? And, and what about the poor bastards that are going in for shoulder surgery? Their ass is hanging out all over the place, too. But you can't get at their shoulder. Well, you can get it. Pull the damn gown down, please. Give me a beer. I'll lift it right over my head. But the point is, with that gown, you can get at their rear, but not at their shoulder. Yeah, but they confiscate your underwear. Yes. I don't go for that. Listen, I can wear underwear. Let me have my underwear. Why can't I wear my underwear at a hospital? How much better would you feel walking around with your underwear? Walking around with the gown. There's weird little stains and spots at the front of it because you've lost a little control. It's really humiliating and degrading experience. What are you in the hospital for? Well, uh, years ago I was in when I uh, had a shoulder problem yeah. from football, yeah. and I just remember. And there's always it seems to be someone around when they're making the when they're giving the transfer from the bed to the gurney, and the gown gets uh, hooked up on one of the uh, you know the remote to the TV, and it's pulled up over your head, and you're just you're, you're lying there with your legs akimbo and your penis to the wind. Just let let people have their underwear in the hospital, or if you don't like their underwear, then just provide something. I'm tired of going and visiting people and seeing the scrotum. I really am. Drew, you must see that every day. Yeah, you must walk into a hospital room every day and I see some part hanging out. But I need to get into that stuff. So. All right, but you, listen, I need to get uh, into, into those places too, but I just take the damn underwear off. This is that same thing. It's the same mentality of when the doctor says, uh, disrobe or get in your underwear and sit there on the table, I'll be back in an hour. No. Wait till the doctor comes back. Then he can tell you, take your pants off. The pants are off in 30 seconds. Everything's about convenience for them and inconvenience for the patient. Nah, it's all... It's all... <laughs> Smash. I, I just want underwear in a hospital. Or let's just redesign the gown. Just make it a pullover. Make it like a graduation gown. Something that zips up in the back, even, that they could get at if they had to. Not those real loose ties that always come undone. And they never tie, they never overlap each other. So it's that big, big hair stripe going right down the back with the crack. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think I am. Let's, okay. Here's what we need to do. Guys like you, Drew, need to get in there and say, listen, this gown, 
What do you do? Do you guys get those for free? There's got to be some kind of deal going on. Some laundry service. This thing hasn't been changed in 150 years. Well, how about improving this just a little bit? Let's just make a pullover. Let's do that. Uh -huh. All right. Oh, nothing worse. People walking up and down with the slippers and the ass hanging out. Jennifer, 17. Hi. I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yeah. Um, I have this really good friend of mine. We've been friends for about, I'd say going on about eight months now. And her and I, I've kind of had feelings for her more than a friend from about a couple months now. And she told me the other day also that she's had feelings for me. And things kind of, you know, we talked about it for a few days, and we actually ended up kissing. And it didn't bother either of us. And Was this your first same-sex experience? Yeah, yeah. and we're, we're both heterosexual. I mean, Before, and, um, as far as you know. We, a couple days ago, we ended up, you know, really heavily kissing, and now, you know, she was fine with it right after that. And just, you know, in the past day, she's started really avoiding me and really avoiding my questions, and I keep trying to talk to her about it. She's, she's obviously not so fine with it. I mean, she's kind of yeah, freaked out, probably. You know, and she says she is, and she's still, like, you know, she's still kissing me and things, but she won't, I, I don't know, She she's just all of a sudden started avoiding me. Mm-hmm. Do you have her phone number? Mm-hmm. How about we give her a call and we get to the bottom of this? All right. Well, I like that. <laughs> Actually, I think she's sleeping, but go ahead. Well, oh, that's her now. True. Does that thing work with the vibrate? Can you fix that thing or turn it in? That's Drew's page. Turn one in. Huh? Need to get a new one. That one doesn't work. It doesn't vibrate. It might. Okay. All right, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. We're gonna put you on hold. All right. Sherry. Lisa. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, not looking is not always an indication that you've heard my my plea. Okay, you're looking at the screen. I understand. All right, don't be condescending. I'm, I'm getting mime. Uh, I'm getting mime abuse in the next room. Jennifer, we're going to put on hold. You need to get her uh, girlfriend's phone number, and we need to get to the bottom of this. Okay? All right, hang on, Jennifer. We'll uh, get back to you. Matt, you're 27. Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, I, ha I need a little bit of advice, and uh, you're the only people that are answering their phone this late. <laughs> What's going on? Um... I found out a couple hours ago that uh, my uncle and his girlfriend of about eight years, they're not together anymore, um, she has custody of their two kids, who are seven and three, two girls. And she, over the weekend, she was involved in some kind of drug thing and had them taken away. <clears throat> and now, uh, my uncle's really not Snow White either, and I need... I, I'm going to be, obviously, I'm going to be calling a lot of the, uh, you know, the foster care agencies or whatever tomorrow, and I need to know, uh, just like some advice to get through, you know, the bureaucratic crap, I need to figure out how I can go about, you know, getting to see these girls or, uh, you know, get in touch with the foster family who has them or whatever. Well, they're probably in some kind, they're, they're, they're probably not yet in a foster family, I wouldn't think. They, What's that? They, the county, whatever county you're in, probably has got control. Well, that's I'm in Arizona, and they're in Nevada. Oh, jeez. Yeah, they're probably being sold to a brothel as we speak, man. All right. Great. Well, I mean, do you want to take care of them for a while? Uh, I think I'd rather than some other family, yeah, some strange uh, that's family. That's terrific. Sure. That's tremendous. I uh, bet they'd uh, award him custody. They would give you something, I would think. I mean, 
I think they'd be happy to have people, you know, kids out of foster care as long as they, I, I don't know what. Well, that's the thing. I mean, not only I mean, I'm pretty sure that they won't that that they wouldn't give them to my uncle A because he's got his own criminal past, but B because I don't think he's established paternity in the first place. And so I wonder if I even have a leg to stand on. Because they may not be your blood relatives. Right. Interesting. Wow. I, I have no idea what the legalities are on something like this, whether or not oh, you're going to have to hire, whether you're going to have to hire attorney, or whether or not you're just going to. I'm sure you're not going to be able to walk into social services and walk out with children. That's for sure. And some uh, places do have same-day delivery, and there is trip. nobody that's going to be able to. And they will take your old children and set up your new children. And, and by the way, it's not exactly a good sign, Matt, to to be looking for people to get you through or get you around or you know away from the system. Uh, go work. Go the systems in place to protect the children. Go do what's appropriate. True, you don't here. have any connections over yeah, there I mean, to the uh, Child no, Welfare Board right, in Nevada. Well, even you? if I did, nobody's going to, like, uh, you know, scond with the children for you to, so you don't have to sign your name ten well, times. if you give them the Drew a handshake, I mean, uh, they'll turn gonna their head. You're going to have to go in and go through a lot of work and hassle, and uh, I, I commend you for doing it, but uh, there's no way around it. you just got to go do it. All right. Uh, let's see. Jennifer's girlfriend, Tammy, is uh, on one of the lines. Uh, Drew, how do I do this? You know how to do this? This is Jennifer. I've only been here for two years. Jennifer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, lesbian number one and uh, lesbian number two, Tammy. Tammy? Yeah. Oh. oh. How are you, Tammy? Good. How are you? Good. Were you sleeping? Um, no. Oh, you weren't? Mm-mm. Okay. This is Adam and that's Drew. Hello. You're on Loveline. <laughs> She's totally impressed. Overwhelmed. Tammy? Tammy? Uh, she may have hung up. I don't know where she went. Jennifer? Is she aware of the show? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I haven't checked the lesbian demos lately, but I think we're number one and uh, lesbians 18 to 34. All right, so Tammy was upset, I believe. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened, Jennifer, because um, you, were, you were quite a sport to try to, try to work this out. Uh, she obviously is having second thoughts and feels a little bit, um, at least, confused about what's been going on between you two. Yeah, well, we both are. Right, and it's very, very understandable. Mm-hmm. Well, you sound much more comfortable with your feelings than she. I mean, she's obviously ambivalent. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it doesn't bother me that much. I mean, I'm still a little confused, but it's not, you know, it's not that big of a deal to me. And mm-hmm. She, you know, she's told me it's not that big of a deal to her, but I don't well, know. Well, it sounds like it's more of a deal to you that this friend is uh, disconnecting from you. Yeah. But that's really the deal. Mm, is it? Yeah. We're we're really good friends. I mean, she's like the best friend I've ever had. Maybe you ought to call a truce on this physical thing you guys are having. Well, I, tr- I tried that, and she just kind of said, whatever. She said, if you want to, fine, whatever. Well, she's get. having trouble articulating. She's avoiding and not articulating and uh, pretending it's not happening. Just because she hung up on us, Drew, doesn't mean she's... Uh, well, it's just the way she's no, describing I'm the way she's been. She's not real uh, uh, communicative. How do you say that word, Drew? Well, she's avoidant. Well, say the word, though. Communicative. Hey, you guys try again? Anne? No. Leave yeah, her alone. Yeah, we've tried three different times, and her machine's on now. Yeah. All right, Jennifer, mm-hmm. She's uh, she's an angry lesbian. No, she's pro- maybe not be a lesbian. Maybe she's just not lesbian. <laughs> All right. Uh, worse yet, she's angry heterosexual. Confused. Yeah. Or confused. Yeah. Over okay. her head. In All right. Y- head. You know what you need to do, Jennifer? Hmm. Don't push. No, I'm not. Let me give one of my great award-winning analogies. 
although I've not actually been uh, bestowed with an award, but I'll assume uh, one day we will. Oh, by the way, the Cable Ace Award nominations have come out. Hey, boy, you, you, we got to tell you who beat us. Oh, no. Oh, there's pet shows and cooking shows and, uh, oh, boy, there's some other doctor show. we got to find this out. As a matter of fact, Engineer Mike, you could punch this up on the computer. <laughs> Mike's got that, uh, yeah, I could. <laughs> and uh, um, I, I could also go out and wax your car, you a-hole. You're not going to do that, are you, Mike? Mike, go do that. Come on. Are these just the nominees or the winners? No, do the damn, uh, please, do the computer. All right. These uh, are the nominees or the winners? Yes, sir. What would you like? Um, your Highness, I. Uh, Sorry, I, Your Highness, what would you like? Uh, get on the computer and find out the nominations for the Cable Ace Awards, which is the equivalent to the Emmys, uh, which is the equivalent to the Oscars for TV and then for cable. Jennifer, mm -hmm. here's what you need to do back off. Give her her space. Let her stew in her own juices. She's got some weird feelings and some weird energy. She's feeling a little bit trapped. She's maybe a little ashamed. She may be a little embarrassed. She may have a thousand different feelings. Mm -hmm. this, is, uh, this is like when you bring a skittish cat home from the pound. Uh, don't let the kids pounce on it too soon. Uh, don't smother it with love. Don't try to train it to go in and out of the door or into your favorite basket. Just put the bowl of food out and let it roam around and sniff around and pee on a few things for a few weeks. And then l do it on its own terms. Because if you go trying to get the thing out from under the bed with a mop handle, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to lose an eye. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Drew nodding all the way, everybody. We'll be back with the Cable Ace Award nominations. John, the voices are trying to John. throw me off while they're... While I'm trying to concentrate on this. Okay, you're safe. Thank you. Love line will be right back. You know, when people start having public conversations with the psychotic voices in their own heads, well, you either get them a straitjacket or a podcast. For Phil Hendry, we chose podcast. Hi, this is Phil Hendry. Which seems to be the right decision, because since the world of Phil Hendry debuted at Podcast One, his audience has doubled. Or was that the number of weird characters in his head? Well, I hope you're not referring to me. Well, you better not be referring to me. Download a new episode of the world of Phil Hendry every friggin' day. I thought it would be interesting. Right here at PodcastOne.com. That's PodcastONE.com. Hey, it's Love Line. It's Love Line. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Mike, you're trying to sign on and stuff back there, but we've been we've been working you. All right, you want to go do that, Mike? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Thanks. Oh, yeah, Drew. I was uh, reading the Cable Ace Awards, and uh, as you know, we're on cable. Yeah. And um, we are eligible for Cable Ace Award because uh, we're on cable. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't think our show really falls into too many categories. Right, right, right. Uh, is the problem, or one category. Because the categories they have are like talk, and that would be, um, you know... Um, this home show. No, 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 no. Oh, well, maybe, but they didn't make it. Well, like Larry, Larry King. King. Yeah. Okay. Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. That nominated. Charles yeah. Grodin nominated. Yeah. Oh, for Christ's sake. And uh, then they have other categories. Like they have a, a help category. 
but uh, the furniture guys um, cooking with emerald, uh. and uh, there is a doctor show that's mm -hmm. on there. Mm -hmm. I don't think they consider our show a talk show or a help show, mm -hmm. but um, I, I think we've, we've fallen between the cracks. They should have some, um, um, well, if they had the whack-off category. I you'd think, be in. Oh, you'd you would be too, in. Drew, and you'd be accepting that award with me. Joe, you're 24. How you doing, Adam? Dr. Drew? Good, Joe. Good to be on the show, finally. Long-time listener, first time I could get through. Um, I had a question. I'm uh, 24 years old. I've um, been with a lady, or with a girl, who is uh, three years younger than I, and we had a relationship for five years, uh, which in turn turned to marriage um, that lasted only 11 months. We have a daughter, and at the... Um, Actually, at the time of uh, marriage, uh, we had a daughter together, and uh, she is now three years old. This is a lot of numbers for you. And um, we've been separated and divorced now for two years. Um, immediately after she had left me, she uh, was with another guy. Um, well, it was actually just a little bit before you left, but uh, that's well, all right. as far as I know, right. yes. I could probably agree with you there. Oh, yes. Uh, um, she, was, uh, she was going to the bullpen. Well, I knew that we both knew this guy because he's a, he's a drummer in a band, a rock and roller. Mm -hmm. Sure, you know, he's got the makeup, he's got the money, whatever. He's got uh, makeup, really? Well, he's kind of the Sebastian Bach, you know. Oh, really? Now yeah. I'm kind of intrigued. Who is this <laughs> Who is this handsome stranger with the drumstick? But my thought is, yeah. and, and my, my comment, my, my question is, rather, that... Um, I know I'm young. I love my daughter, three years old. I have shared parenting. I get her every Saturday and Sunday by me. Um, I really push that hard in the courts um, just to let them know that that's the type of person I am. Uh, there's no feuding with my ex-wife about it. Her and I totally agreed on it. We have a great open relationship now as friends, but we always kind of hint to each other that we love each other. Um, recently, two weeks ago, this guy had left her. She came home. They were living together. And uh, she's kind of single. She took his pictures down. Um, she dropped in, actually, I club DJ. She stopped in for the very first time that I've since I've been there and actually saw me. And it just seems to me that she's wanting to maybe pursue something that mm -hmm. was never lost. Uh, or that you never had in the first place. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, it's well, disturbing to really hear that. It really is. I know I'm 24. I'm a young statistic. Um, no, I'm not yeah. saying that you didn't have the feeling, but I'm doubting that her capacity for this. Well, let me give you my... my um, but I still love her. All right, I'm giving my thumbnail sketch on this, uh, on her. She's someone that needs to be with someone. Yes. Right. Oh, and yeah. always has been. Yeah. And that was my thought, yeah. Probably had a boyfriend. Um, Twelve. Sure. And is just... I've probably never been single. Never. And yeah. there, there are men out there like this, and there are women out there like this. They just... Man, they always have someone. This sure. is how my sister... My sister has had eight long-term relationships mm -hmm. and boyfriends. Often I mean, people she has like had that. a boyfriend uh, four years at a time, three, four years at a time from the age of 14. At, uh, she's now married and on to her longest-term relationship, yeah. God willing. But from like 14 to 30, never yeah. didn't have a boyfriend. But, but people like that oftentimes need the other person to help themselves stay pieced together. Right. And to uh, sort of project feelings onto them. And it's, it's you know. Well, I, I would hate to think that, and I agree with you both, sincerely, that, uh, yeah, just one, one person to another needs that, uh, needs that crutch, whatever the term would be. I, I don't trust people, by the way, who need to be in a relationship. 
Yeah. Uh, wanting to be in a relationship is fine, but when we take a look at your past, let's say, 10 years, and uh, how old is she now? Um, 22. She's 22. So we'll take a look at, like, the last eight years or seven years uh, from age 15. Uh, you've had seven years. You've been without a boyfriend a, a total of uh, uh, 17 days in that, uh, you know, uh, three relationships and a, a total of uh, 4.5 days in between each one right, with right. no new guy. Right. I don't trust this. And look at it this way, Joe. She's in a relationship with you, and she started up with this guy immediately. Sure. I mean... Um, well, the uh, thing that gets me is we, we didn't marry. I, I know for a fact she did not, and I did not. We did not marry out of boredom. My daughter was not conceived out of boredom. We both knew what we wanted. We bought a house together. It, it was the life that we wanted, that we had both dreamt. So far, neither of us have suggested that boredom has anything to do with this. Sure. No. I, she, well, I only this say is, that this because is, I, I try not to, I don't want to put myself in a category that I'm 24, I have a kid, what else is new? No, no, you're totally married, different. Listen. I'm married, you know, I, I, it was my, not my choice to get a divorce. You're fine, concerned, Joe. We should have stayed. Right. Together. But the situation with her is... is she was in another relationship before your relationship even completely ended. Oh, yeah, and, and I was I, I saved her for that reason. And now... Oh, saved. There we go. Uh -oh. there we and go. and yeah. now she wants to get Make back into now. another relationship because this one had just ended. Let me describe Joe. Per, okay. Sort of perfectionistic, at least as far as you have to be for other people. I am always told okay. that, yeah, perfectionistic. And, and when you contact other people, you're attracted to women that you have to sort of get in and save and uh, make people feel good. But there was reasons for her leaving oh, me. Excuse other me. Than, I'm, I'm, other than, uh, you know. I'm just, I'm just giving your profile. Sure. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Typically. Perfect. Right on the nose. Yeah. Typically. Well, here we go. I'm, I'm going to theorize here based on these little thumb thumbnails, but. But uh, you know, narcissistic injuries are real common in our society right now. And very often people of, uh, on a spectrum of narcissistic disorders kind of go together. They're on one end, the people with the fragmented egos and can't get along well with that other person. On the other end of the narcissistic spectrum is people are perfectionistic, need to be puffed up, need to be perfect and seen by, as perfect by other people and keep those fragmented people pieced together. Mm -hmm. People are perfect. These two are perfect for each other Right. That, from that standpoint. But, but it's all built on problems. And depending right. on how severe those injuries were when they were younger and how much uh, lack of ego strength there is, this can be a pretty messy situation. All right. So he has his own set of problems. She definitely has uh, her own set of problems. She may have even borrowed a set of problems from the neighbors and not returned them. Uh, I know you're still enamored with her. I know you feel like you failed yep. and you want to correct the failure. I wouldn't do it with her. Well, I really wouldn't. But she left do, you, but, got right but, into but you know a relationship. What he's going to find another one just like it. I don't care. I don't like this one. Uh, I think what he needs is some... I think Joe needs some time off. Yeah, that'd be best for him. Sure. Sure. Uh, just take but some time off. Just take a time out. Just concentrate on the child. Be friendly with her, but take some time off. All right, let me just uh, shotgun a call or two here, because this guy's been on hold for a while. Brad? Yeah. You're 15. You want to know what the consequences of using mushrooms are? Go ahead, Drew. At your age, the brain is still developing, and any hallucinogenics can result in mood disturbances and difficulty with uh, abstract reasoning, but well, primarily mood disturbances. Right, what about when you're older? Uh, older, you have to use more of it. I've never really seen any significant long-term consequences of it, mushrooms. It, it's weird. The more stuff you get in your head, the more stuff gets unlocked, the weirder you get. Well, That's something called glutamate. The glutamate pathway is probably the, the, the chemical that lays down how your brain connects itself up. And uh, if you overstimulate that pathway, the brain connection All starts right. diminishing. It's Kim. It's called excitotoxicity. Kim. Kim. Yes. You're 21. Yeah. You're pregnant and sex hurts. Uh, yeah, my husband and I have 
tried sex a couple of times in... How far along are you? Five months. And, and what, what, what hurts? Where do you have pain? Um, it's like inside. Yeah, inside, like it's pressing mm -hmm. weird or something. That's the kid holding his eye. Have you, <laughs> do you have, do you have, have you told your obstetrician? No, I haven't. I just moved to a different state, and um, I haven't gotten a doctor well, yet. If it hurts, don't do it. Are you getting? Do you get cramps? Like you're having labor pains? No, not okay. at all. Yeah. It's just like a pressure type. Well, pressure would be you'd be kind of expect that, right? Well, not from what I've heard. Well, the things are different in there now, uh -huh. right? So it can, it can feel different. All okay? right, you'll be fine, Andrew. Do you remember the uh, adage? If it feels good, do it. If it tastes good, chew it. No. Do you remember that? No. That was, oh, uh, you don't remember the, all uh, right, but you remember the gas, grass, or ass, nobody rides for free. Right. And you remember, like, the vans that rock and don't bother knocking. Yes, and yes. that. Yeah. Wonderful aphorisms. Yeah. Well, thank God we had, like, uh, Ted Nugent up there uh, talking about, uh, um, Ted Nugent has a song called Yank Me and Crank Me, But Don't Wake Up and Thank Me. <laughs> and, I, and I think, and I, and I have, like, my friends who are 12 years old would be saying that. And I thought to myself, um, Wait! Thank God we have morons up there. I think I hope he shoots himself in the nuts with one of those uh, one of those arrows of his one of these days. All right, we'll be back. I don't think they're aware of how much they suck. Hey, that's not very nice. You kiss my mother with that mouth. I mean, your mother. Love line. I'll be right back. Thanks for making the big podcast with Shaq the number one sports podcast on Podcast One and iTunes. And Shaq made headlines again this week. It's Kanye West's birthday party. I wanted to do something special, so I sent him a little video. MVP, I did it by myself. Another jab at Kobe? I don't throw jabs, I throw knockouts. All right, was this a knockout in your past? When oh, you, I it, was so was this a knockout? Play, huh? Kobe, tell me how my <laughs> tastes. <laughs> by the way, that's, uh, by the way it. I thought I paid it. Google to erase that. <laughs> Google, you, you owe me an explanation. The Big Podcast with Shaq. That's me. It's up right now at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Well, mercifully, another Loveline episode is ground to a halt. Before we tap out, there are a few people I'd like to thank. People that don't often get thanked. But who kick your ass when you don't thank them. Uh, who come in here and yell about me thanking them. Drew, don't say that. I want to thank, uh, don't taint it. Don't take away from this moment. I want to thank the beautiful Lisa, the lovely Sherry, for doing great jobs on the phone tonight and doing a job that is far more difficult than ours. Yes. We just sit here and pick the stuff. Yeah. I, I, for me personally, that would be a much more difficult job yeah. than this job is. Yeah. And to, to, to do it well is extremely difficult. Right. And they do do it well. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what you're getting at. Yeah, they do. Okay. Uh, I also want to thank the beautiful and lovely and angular one, producer Anne, for putting her feminine stink on the show as usual. And, of course, uh, back and uh, back with a, uh, uh, well, I wouldn't really call it a vengeance. Uh, an attitude. No, no. Uh, a pungence. Back with a pungence. It is uh, the one that wonder, Engineer Mike. So that is the Loveline team. And, of course, uh, this is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying 
Mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions. That's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth and Nail Records. Sit, Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. This guy's an asshole. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.